0: What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of California Underground. I have with me my good friend Camille tonight. And we're going to talk about probably our favorite topic that we text about like constantly. Like we're always talking about what's going on in the conservative movement. Who are the the clowns? Who are the jokesters? Who are the, well, not jokesters. That would imply that they're funny and we get entertainment out of them. Who are the charlatans? Who are the grifters? Um, and this is, one. Of, you know, it's been a crazy week, especially with Kanye and everything that's going on. Um, it, it's just been a wild week. So I figured we'd like talk a bit, little bit about Kanye, give sort of our impression of Kanye and what the heck's going on. And then kind of like transition into uh, plenty of charlatans and grifters and clowns here in California that you got to watch out for. It's not only Kanye. So uh, but first off, Camille, how are you doing tonight? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank
0: you. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Uh, Did you have a good Thanksgiving?
1: I did. Did you?
0: Excellent. I did. Uh, I didn't have to travel far, so unlike a lot of people who are like, I had to travel like halfway across the country to go see people I don't even like. I was like, I had to drive 20 minutes to see people I really do like. So I I guess that's better than better than nothing. So yeah, after I
1: five minutes. And my
0: family's very conservative. So it was safe. Oh. So you don't have to worry about like politics or anyone coming up with like someone being like, so you know what we need a single payer healthcare that would solve everything.
1: There was none of that.
0: Good. Um, anyway. So anyway, enough Thanksgiving talk. Uh, so Kanye has kind of gone off the deep end and we had picked this topic like a couple days ago. And then today, like, uh, the poop really hit the fan today.
1: Yes. Yes, it did. Did you get to watch well, any of that?
0: I watched some of the clips and I, I saw, you know, what people were picking out, like where he said, I really like Hitler. And he like did some really great things. Um, and then he kind of like questioned whether or not it really was 6 million Jews were killed in the Holocaust. I think all the highlights I got to see. So, oh, and his little, his little act with his like, whatever he was holding.
1: What was that? He was was asking questions. He was letting it answer.
0: I think that at that point, Alex Jones said, I'm no longer the craziest person in America.
1: Did he actually say that? I missed that if he said that. But I, not to defend Alex Jones, but I feel like Alex kept trying to give Kanye an out. Like he kind of kept being like, oh, you liked that Hitler was like an artist. And Kanye was like, no, he did some really great things. He's like, oh, would you like his like, the uniforms. No, Kanye did. Or Hitler did all these great things, and like Alex just kept trying to give him like a, "Here's your opportunity <laughs> to say no." Hitler did terrible things, but I liked him as an artist, and and Kanye didn't take the bait.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, the, what was up with the mask and all that stuff, but I, my feeling about Kanye is, and I saw someone right before I, we hopped on, and I got really frustrated because somebody was like. Uh, is Kanye a plant at this point? Like, is he a plant to make the right look bad? And my whole thing is, no, he's not a plant. Like, the conservative movement, like, embraced Kanye the minute he put that MAGA hat on. And they were like, we love Kanye. Kanye's got to be a part of all these things. Um, And so once you embraced him, now all of a sudden he's gone off to the deep end and everyone's like, oh, maybe he's a plant to make us all look bad. And I, I think you just got to live with it. Like you embrace this guy who was kind of teetering on a little bit of kookiness at that point, And then he's now gone full like kooky. And now people are trying to like back away from it and be like, Oh, I, I no, it, it's not us like that. We're not really that crazy. It's like, no, no, you got to own it. You took, you embraced Kanye. You embraced him when you put on the MAGA hat and here you are. Um, so well,
1: that's, that's what we that's, do.
0: Yeah, we I
1: mean, the, the, that's what we do. Somebody says something we like and immediately we praise them and make them our savior and put them on a pedestal. And then we're ready to cancel them the second. Uh, you know, like right now, we today we don't like Elon Musk because he wants to implant brain chips. But yesterday we loved Elon Musk because he was letting everyone back on Twitter. So, you know, and, we canceled Apple to, you know, I obviously I often text you and tease you and tell you like, Oh, by the way, we're canceling Apple now, Throw away your but we're not, Apple.
0: we're not canceling Apple anymore because uncancelled
1: Apple. today, so
0: uncancelled we were,
1: Apple, we were totally team Kanye, but no, now he's canceled.
0: It's hard to keep up with all the, it is
1: we are far worse than the left when it comes to canceling culture.
0: It's, it's so fast. People are like, Oh, I don't like this because uh, what was, there's something I, I, I can't remember it now, but I'm sure it was some show that I was like, oh, I really enjoy this show. And people are like, you can't enjoy that show because it has blah, blah, blah character. I'm like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's a good no show. No, no yeah. fun entertainment allowed. Um, I was gonna say something and now I forgot. Something about Kanye and craziness and canceling people and that, that whole okay. thing.
1: We thought it was crazy that he got up and left Tim Pool, but today, the Alex Jones interview, he made the Tim Pool interview look really tame compared to, it. like, you know, we were discussing what we're going to discuss tonight, and we're discussing the whole Tim Pool-Kanye thing, and all of a sudden, like, small change compared to what happened today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I thought the Tim Pool thing was as crazy as possible, and I like Tim Pool. Um, I think he's pretty like down the middle in the sense of like he gets a lot of people on he, and he has c- good conversations. Some people don't like him, but again, that's that's probably like the conservative thing of like, oh, Tim Pool's not completely on our side, so therefore like we don't like Tim Poole. It's like, or you could just appreciate that he's just kind of journalist and always in the middle. Um, I thought that was pretty wild, and Tim Poole was very upset about it. Uh, but. Oh. This this thing today I like the more clips I saw of it I was like this can't be real like this has got to be performance art at this point there's no way this man is dressing in a mask and all black and all that stuff and actually saying this stuff seriously about the nazis and the holocaust and jews and all this stuff like it's just it, it's unbelievable that he's saying all this stuff with a straight face and you know the one person who was snickering off to the side was Nick Fuentes, who I have no love for Nick Fuentes. Yes, I know. I will, I will, I will say that up and down. Um, the stuff he says is absolutely vile. The stuff he says about Hispanics is absolutely disgusting. Um, I mean, everything that comes out of his mouth is absolutely disgusting. Um, and the fact that people are like, well, you have to let him speak and you have to. Sure. But I don't have to listen to him. That's right. the same thing, too. Like if he's on Tim Pool, I was glad that he only got like two seconds to talk, and then he left as well. But I mean, he's he's just he's garbage. I have no problem calling him garbage. Um, whoever his fan base is, that are just pathetic little basement dweller um, <laughs> in cells who think like they're better than everybody. But it's like you're not owning anybody if you're a Nick Fuentes fan. So Nick Fuentes is garbage. Milo Yiannopoulos, I don't get his whole. Conversion to Catholicism now. He went from like one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And I, I think it, when it comes down to it, I think Milo and Nick are just taking advantage of Kanye. I think they're, they, they grasped on to Kanye and his money and his power and his influence. And they're like, Nick Fuentes is probably like, sure, I'll come with you to Mar a Lago. Um, and that's another thing. The whole like Trump. Dinner, I don't get that either. And it, it try to explain to me how a former president of the United States doesn't have a much stronger vetting system in place for whoever comes in to contact with him. Like, they don't just, Kanye made it sound on Tim Pool like, oh, I was going to dinner with Trump, and then I said, hey, Nick, you want to come along? Like, as if it was like a beer run or something. Uh, no, you don't get to just bring buddies along to Trump or to sit down with the former president. You have to like get vetted. They have to do a background check. And nobody in Trump's team said, I don't know if you should have dinner with this Nick Fuentes guy, but he had a whole dinner with Nick Fuentes. And his only excuse is what? I don't know who he was. Uh, And that's it.
1: I can tell you what the problem is. What's that? Trump, didn't, Trump did not hire you and I. To vet his people. So, yeah,
0: he needs to get better vetters. <laughs> yeah. He needs to get p- better people <laughs> who can vet.
1: Then this never would have happened. Um, yeah. I, his, you know, we pay attention, but is Nick Fuentes really that big of a deal nationally? Like, do people really pay attention to who he is? He's a kid.
0: Yeah. I think he.
1: And I'm not defending him.
0: He's not, like, a national figure. I think he's on the same level as, like, a Richard Spencer, another, like, white supremacist. Um, he's probably the most, I would say, probably the most famous or most popular white supremacist out there, which is quite a nomenclature that you're the most popular white supremacist in America. Um, he has a huge following. He does a daily live stream show from his basement. Um, so. Uh, I mean, in terms of that, he's a pretty big deal. The left takes him as a boogeyman, which they ran with the whole thing. Like, and I don't blame him. Like, it's not like what they're saying about Nick Fuentes is any less true. Like, he is a horrible person for the things he says. And I'm not going to apologize about trashing on Nick Fuentes. Um, I don't want to give him a fair shake because I've read what he said and it's just absolutely disgusting. Um, Milo, on the other hand, I know he's wanted to like take revenge on Trump and like that's his big thing is he feels like Trump kind of abandoned him back in 2016 or 2017 after, you know, Milo got kicked off all the social media and everything like that. So I think they just saw Kanye as this opportunity and they saw him as someone they could latch on to. And the sad thing is, is that they're kind of goading him on to keep doing all this stuff and get all this crazy press. Meanwhile, it's, it's very apparent that like Kanye has problems, like Kanye is suffering from some sort of mental breakdown. Um, and it's just sad to see that people are tuning into this and, you know, people are pushing him to do this and go on Alex Jones shows and go on Tim pool show um, and continue to just say all these crazy things. Um, but it it's, it's a distraction, which is sort of the theme of tonight is how much of a distraction is all of this stuff when it comes down to it? What do you think?
1: Well, we're talking about it. I mean, even though I think I told you for a week or like a whole week, I was like, I'm not going to talk about this. I'm not going to give this any attention. And then you're like, we're going to talk about this. Uh, do you think Kanye is trying to, and I, again, I'm not justifying his behavior because it's crazy, but do you think? He's trying to kind of follow in Trump's footsteps because Trump got away was saying so much, you know, Trump makes no apologies and just says what he says. And it worked Mm. once. Do you think Kanye is just trying to, while he's gone, you know, everyone, he's just going to put it all out there. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe he thinks Trump was, you know, Trump said a lot of things, I think Trump was a little bit more measured in how he said, he said outlandish things, but that's Trump knowing the line and where he can step up to. And that's just from years and years of being in the public spotlight of like, he knows how to create controversy in the news and in the media. And that's, that was like his superpower in 2016 was I can get all this free press by just stepping up to the line and getting people to notice me. Um, And maybe he did see Trump and say, oh, you just have to be like bombastic and and honest and all this stuff. And people will pay attention to you and you can become president. I don't think, uh, the path he's going on is, I mean, I'm no political consultant. I know you tell me I should be a political consultant, but, uh, if you want to pay me, yeah, I mean, if, if you want my $10,000 political consultant opinion, uh, talking about how you love Hitler and thought he did wonderful things and that maybe they didn't really kill 6 million Jews. Uh, that's not a winning platform. I don't think there's going to be a lot of people who, who turn up and go, I'm going to go, go vote for that guy. I'm going to put that guy in the white house because at least he speaks his mind.
1: I mean, I didn't think certain people would get the amount of votes they did, but they did. So you never know. But, um, it certainly took the heat off the DeSantis Trump fights. Like, yeah, no one's talking about that anymore.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like that was the big thing for a while was we, there was like a, a line in the sand between all conservatives of like, are you on DeSantis side? Or are you on Trump's side? Oh, you can't bash Trump. And like those who aren't with Trump, you're not loyal. and And like, um, that will come back. That will definitely come back next year uh, as the primaries roll up and, and Trump starts to get involved more in the primaries and whether we find out if DeSantis is running or not. Um, but I, I, I think that's basically all I want to say about Kanye because I'm sure everything that I've said has probably been said by somebody else. Uh, he needs help and people are be careful. I guess this is the final thought and this is a good segue into our next sort of talking point. Be careful who you latch on in the conservative movement, because there will be people who are charismatic and there's people who will go out there and they will, you know, everyone wants them to be on their team and everybody jumps at the opportunity. Um, but like we always say, you have to vet who you support and who you kind of allow into the conservative movement. And uh, California, we definitely see our fair share of people taking advantage of conservatives here in California for a lot of money. And my simple rule is this. You are in my, my definition is this in my book, you are a grifter. If you take people's money and you don't do with that money, what you're supposed to do with that money. If you say I'm going to run for Congress and you take that money and it goes to something that does not help you run for Congress. You are a grifter. Would you agree you with that?
1: Name, yes. But are you going to name names and are you going to give specific examples?
0: Oh, yeah. We've already talked about this. Okay. We are, this, is, this is meant to be a spicy episode. We're going to talk okay. about names.
1: First, because, because then I get sued. <laughs> then I have to hire you.
0: And then you have to hire me and we start all over again um, and beat back more lawsuits. Uh, Truth is an absolute defense to defamation. So anybody out there who's like, I'm going to sue you for defamation. um, Good luck. Truth is an absolute defense. So um, who should we start with? Should we start on the state level? Should we start on the congressional level? Is there anybody who's let's do Congress? Okay. Um, Let's start with Florida's newest citizen. and ser- <laughs> serial, stalker, uh, Omar Navarro, who, as of just a week ago, I think he moved in with his fiance out in Florida.
1: Well, six days after the election, he announced he moved to Florida and has a fiance. Congratulations to him.
0: Congratulations. Send a, a you know, a fruit basket mm-hmm. to the future, Mr. And Mrs. Navarro.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, because nothing says I want to save California, like running for Congress and then leaving the state within days of, in fact, the election hasn't even been officially called yet. Nothing is certified.
0: Even though, I mean, it's, it's been clearly over since like,
1: for a second, that that was, you know, that was kind of like the icing on top. We should have started at the bottom with funds and where they went and the district switching and the running in a really blue district. I okay, mean, so, there was all lot of-
0: So walk through that. So if people don't understand, uh, how many times did Omar switch his district? Cause he didn't run just for, he, he ended up back in his favorite district, which is running against Maxine Waters. Um, or though no, that's actually Joe Collins, but either way, I get, I get them all confused after a while. Um, well,
1: they both ran against Maxi. Yes. And then Joe ran against Ted Lou, right?
0: Yes, Ted
1: Lu. And Liu. he did not win. No. Omar decided, maybe it was after redistricting, he switched districts, but then I think it was the same day or the same week, he basically amended his filing and switched districts two to three times and ended up back where back where he was against Maxine waters.
0: Mm -hmm. I remember he did say he was going to run in Kevin Kiley's seat because he believed Kevin Kiley was a rhino.
1: My lights are having issues.
0: Your house is haunted.
1: It is it's because we're talking about these people, um, (laughs) that did not happen. So. You know, knowing that you're like, there's nothing wrong with getting a fiance and moving out of state to go get married. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but don't take people's money in campaign and try to pretend like you're running an honest campaign. If you're literally moving out of state the next day.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if we back up farther, running against Maxine waters and asking, and I, I get this pushback in my dms sometimes people are like no we have to we have to fight everywhere we have to push everywhere i'm like eh we don't have to push everywhere like there's a reason we know how close districts are and how close races have been historically and running in a race where maxing water gets more than 70% of the vote is not a smart move like you're just not going to win that race i i don't care um, how many badass Arsenal media ads you you make? It doesn't matter. Maxine Waters is gonna probably die as a congresswoman in that seat, and then her daughter will take over. Um, it's just not gonna happen. There are much closer races. If you're serious, you're a serious politician. You'd sit down and go, "Hey, this is a race we can win based on the numbers and based on the voter registration. I think we can win this race. We're gonna give it a good old college try." If you show up to a race like that, that has no chance. And Joe Collins did it back in 2020, and he spent $10 million and pissed that away. Who knows like where it all went into secret corporations that just popped up overnight. Um, I don't think you're running an honest campaign. And when you ask people for money in, in races that are just dead in the water on arrival, you're already grifting people because that's that race is not going anywhere. Right? Thanks.
1: Can I play devil's advocate there? Sure. If that's the case, then we shouldn't be running Republican governors candidates in California.
0: Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, two to one, a, a Republican governor would be dead on arrival, right? Yeah. I, th- I guess the difference is, is that if you run a, a Republican governor, it's a top of ticket sort of issue. So if you have a Republican governor running in California, who's a good, candidate that top of the ticket will most likely filter down and get more sure. republicans down ballot so and
1: i mean i agree i do agree and then of course that's a federal issue versus a state issue we're trying to save state and then kind of you know grow from there uh so no just to clarify i do believe we should run republican governor candidates i was just saying people, you know, that that will be something probably in your DMs people are going to get mad at you about. It's like, why would you say that? Because it is true. We can't win a race if we don't run somebody out. Like, we'll never win a race if we don't run anyone in, you know. That's Mm. impossible. But there were other flippable districts that we should have been focusing our time and money on. And if you donate to a candidate who then turns around and spends tens of thousands of dollars to buy Instagram followers to make themselves look bigger than they are, Uh, That's not really helping anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the meme I posted the other day. Like, this is just the formula is as long as you run, you can spend money on these social media campaigns that get you more followers. So yeah, by the end of your campaign, you have 200,000 followers and everyone's like, look at how popular they are. They have 200,000 followers. Isn't that fantastic? And you're like, okay, first off, social media followers don't equal votes. So forget that. Um, but then when they're done and they lose, uh, Omar, I don't think could even wait like two weeks. He was already pushing some crap made in China that looked like Thor's hammer. Uh, it opened up to be a toolbox. It was kind of a nifty little thing, I'd but either way got... I, I just... do, I have it. I have it back there. That's where all my tools are now. I just you walk a... around the I, like the, I walk around the house with Thor's hammer and like,
1: to see you with your little link.
0: Yes. It pretty soon. I'm going to have a link for Thor's hammer. Um, it, it I, I think it makes me look more badass. Like when Yvonne asked me to fix something around the house and I get to pull out Thor's hammer. So, um, but that's besides the point. I'm uh, so sorry I, to you, <laughs> I am not endorsed by Thor's hammer toolbox. Well, whoever makes that, but anyway, that that's is the formula.
1: I stand by that. It's probably made in China.
0: It's absolutely made in China um, okay. or Vietnam or Thailand or something like that uh but yeah that seems to be the formula of as long as i have 200,000 followers i can immediately just go and like sell this crap to people and it's funny like you see the same crap that he was pushing on different pages that i just recently had to unfollow cuz they're just now like all they do is push a whole bunch of crap um really kind of sad uh but anyway, I lost my train of thought about I got kind of sidetracked about Thor's Hammer and Omar Navarro. Um he pushed something else about your like protecting your wealth and your assets. Yes. Moral of the story is that he was running in a race that, yeah, we all don't like Maxine Waters. Um, that's very clear. We don't like Maxine Waters, but you know how you make you're not gonna unseat Maxine Waters in her district. You know how you do defeat Maxine Waters is you permanently keep her in the minority in Congress. Yes, because if she's permanently in the minority, she's not getting leadership positions, she's not chairing any committees, she's not doing anything of substance. She may have a couple moments here and there, but she has no power otherwise. Like, and I think conservatives and Republicans have to get better at the idea of like you have to be strategic, where. Mm-hmm. If you want to lessen or get rid of Maxine Waters, why don't you just get rid of her influence and her her power in DC? Same thing with Nancy Pelosi. Think about it that way. You want to get, You're never going to unseat Nancy Pelosi. She could live she could die in that seat, no one would care. Um, but how do you stop her? Well, you re- elect a Republican majority in Congress and then you get a new speaker of the house and then she's not speaker of the house anymore. So, I think Republicans have to be a little bit better and just, just People, a little bit. Just, just a little, bit. A little um, bit. There's, there's a lot of things they need to get better at, and we talk a so, lot about it. So, like, um,
1: uh, some, one of our friends sent me a text this morning. Actually, Democrats are already strategizing their school board candidates for oh, next yeah. next election. Like, what are we doing? We're,
0: we're, we're talking about Kanye.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, exactly though. Exactly. Like you said, distractions. That's what we're talking about. We're we're giving Kanye this platform and, then we're, and every and everyone like I always tell you, everyone immediately goes live, Kanye said this, and they're all like jumping on. And I'm just like muting everybody on Instagram because like they all just want to talk about it because, you know, for Clout, which is not I know we just talked about it and I know that's not what you're doing, but we it's a distraction. It's an immediate like That's what they all want to talk about. And we need to be talking about like, Hey, we have a huge election coming up in 2024 and the the Democrats are already running their school board members. What are we going to do? And you know, you preach about local elections, school board. Mm -hmm.
0: School board is incredibly important. And like, not, you can't take that for advantage. Um, I mean, any local election you can't take for advantage. Uh, Somebody said, uh, you can't forget about Omar's arrest. I mean, that's another, like, that's, that's what happens when you have a lot of these guys who aren't really in politics for the right reasons. They just bring baggage and Omar, who was a serial stalker and he was arrested for stalking He had a restraining order. Not good. Like it, it's just over and over. He, he, it was not, not the greatest candidate. Um, but we're not here to talk about Omar Navarro the entire night. Uh, we wish him well. Mazel tov, over in Florida. Don't let the big bugs and humidity get you. Um, while we enjoy the nice dry heat over here in California, there is
1: cold. was it cold for you? It's cold here.
0: It was a little cold. I think there's a winter storm sure. hitting the West Coast, so um, I had to put my fuzzy socks on tonight.
1: Yeah, um, I have fuzzy socks on, but I don't have a sweater on. I should go get my California Underground hoodie.
0: You should be wearing the merch, um, just like I'm wearing my merch. The elites hate you sweatshirt. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the we're, we're next
1: at, candidate we're talking about next.
0: Oh, next candidate. Uh you people probably know who he is. Um, is somebody who's seen you probably seen him in Babylon B sketches. He's now a famous actor on the conservative side. Uh in a running series of making the jokes about uh Californians moving to Texas. Uh this candidate uh also claimed that he was being personally censored by the secretary of state, uh, herself, that she had gone out of her way to censor him. Uh, and this was Siaka who was running in the,
1: you need to clarify the secretary of state was censoring him on Instagram.
0: Yes. Yeah. She was censoring him specifically on Instagram, not like overall, uh, But he was being censored specifically. Shirley Weber, in her office, had a meeting with all her minions and said, "Look, there's this guy running in a reliably blue district, and we've got to stop him." Right. He was also a writing candidate. He didn't actually make it on the ballot. Again, because no, the Secretary of State had something to do with that as well. Shirley Weber also. Thumped him there. Um, So Siaka ran in the 47th district. Is that correct? I think.
1: 47th or 43rd? Something.
0: Something like that. Um, And you had sent me his financials a couple days ago. So do you want to take away something interesting you saw about his
1: financials? Uh, Let me... Open them up real quick. Hold on. So he pulled in what? Like 12? Was it 12 or 16,000?
0: I think around that. Like it was was 12 or 16,000.
1: According Uh, to what
0: I found on Cal Access.
1: And then 6,000-ish of that was paid to a woman named Charlotte Young.
0: And who is Charlotte Young?
1: Um, Well, from what I know, they live together because they're engaged to be married.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. So is she, do you think she's a a professional campaign manager?
1: I should have looked that one up. (laughs) I did not look that up. I should look up how much she's been paid by other candidates on Cal Access. Give me a second, Phil, you speak.
0: Okay, Camille's going to do her work, um, and talk about yeah, and she's going to talk. She's going to look that up and talk, uh, and I'm going to talk about um more about Siaka, and the fact that he raised twelve to sixteen thousand dollars in a district that was also reliably blue, um, and in the last, I guess, month or two. He um, was more interested in doing Babylon B sketches. So it's hard for me to believe that a candidate who was serious about running for the assembly district actually would have taken time away from running. Because if you know anybody who's seriously running, um, seriously running for any sort of political campaign, you know that you have to spend like every waking minute running for that campaign. You have to do mailers, you have to do walk through neighborhoods, you have to do so many different things for you to take time off and then like, just go and do all these Babylon B and Babylon B is not a small company. So it was like, obviously you want to jump at the big opportunity to get that much exposure. It's hard for me to believe that you were that serious about actually campaigning and doing something um, and winning that race. Did you find out who Charlotte Young is?
1: Well, I know that she's only ever worked for Siaka. Or I let me clarify, that's on CalAxis. I didn't look up the FEC.
0: Got it. Okay. So she may have worked for like federal candidates. She may have. She may have. We don't know <laughs> that. But as for like state candidates, she has not worked for anybody else.
1: Yes. Or at least not paid. Not paid. Well... Maybe she worked for people who didn't file their financials. We know some of those.
0: We do know somebody like that.
1: I shouldn't accuse her of that. I'm just making jokes about people who don't file financials.
0: Right. Um, So I I would say this is another candidate who, and and this is interesting about after the election, you can really kind of see who was serious and who wasn't really serious running for their elections and these are just two candidates who come right off the top of my head who were not serious about running their elections or running for their their specific districts um and this is a candidate also who I think believed that they could win their race for the assembly district just through IG lives which again you're not going to win a race just through going on on live on Instagram
1: Still talking about Siaka.
0: Still talking about Siaka
1: he was banned from going live because the secretary of state interfered and got, Uh,
0: Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm right. Right. But, um,
1: you know, maybe, maybe that would have worked for him
0: if he had gone live more, that was what was really holding him back.
1: No, he needed, obviously he needed to be at events, but if he was filming for Babylon B, I don't know how he had time to be at events.
0: Um, our good friend Sal just pointed out that 30% of what he raised went to his fiance. 30%.
1: 30%. Thank you, Sal. So.
0: Thank you for the, the, the math she, breakdown.
1: They lived together, then that like went to their rent. So congrats.
0: It went to combined resources, yeah.
1: Which I guess that's, that's technically not illegal. You can't hire your family members. It just starts to look shady when 30% yeah. went to your fiance and that you were out filming Babylon B sketches, who knows where. I don't, I don't know where Babylon B is centered. I don't know where they're from I mean, it could have, you know, been next door to his house for all I know, but still it takes time.
0: It does take time. How many shoots you have to do. Um, you can legally pay yourself a salary as a candidate from campaign funds, which is something Omar Navarro did. He did pay himself a salary which brought a lot of questions. So even though he's legally allowed to do that, he was allowed to pay himself a salary to be a perennial and professional candidate. Just going back to Omar Navar. Um, okay. I got to make sure I keep all these, these clowns in like an organized fashion. Um,
1: and- I Now I'm forgetting the name, but there was someone else who was like a, they tried. Oh no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not someone else. Kanye is actually a successful rapper, but now he's running. And maybe I just a little bitter about rappers running for office.
0: Maybe. Um, maybe. So, any other. My-
1: real quick, this is not a clown. This is not a clown statement. Nicholas Wildstar was a rapper and ran for governor in the recall. And then he actually chose to run for city council in his city. And I give mad props to that because that shows that he actually really did care. Like he genuinely cared about change. It was like, okay, that did not work out. I'm going to run locally, you know, within my city. And like, good for him.
0: Carmen says, well, Siaka is an actor, so maybe he needed the money. Obviously. I mean, yeah, if you're going to, it's a good acting gig. If you're going to get uh, offered the Babylon B. And uh, I mean, the sketch blew up. Everyone saw it. So it was very successful.
1: They're oh, just jealous.
0: But that his sketch blew up
1: <laughs> that he got to act. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> I, we're acting like, uh, conservatives all the time because we're rhinos. So, or that's what people call us all well, the time. We're doing real work. We What's
1: don't that? run. for office. You and I, we don't do real work because we haven't run for office. What's
0: no, that's true. Yeah. We don't, we don't really contribute anything. We're not actually doing anything in politics, um, because we just sit on the sidelines and make fun of everybody. <laughs> Um, like we're doing right now. Um, any other thoughts on Siaka before we move on to someone else?
1: Why are we not talking about the video he put out about me (laughs) and and Lindy and Corinne?
0: Oh yeah. Why don't you talk about that?
1: Um, which is going to then bring up, of course, our favorite major Williams. But last year when Siaka was riding the coattails of major Williams, um, He, and you know, and then Major sued me and others. Then Siaka put out on his stories uh, a whole thing, simping for Major, and then ended the video with, well, guess what, housewives, because that's what we label ourselves, we're the housewives. He's like, guess what, housewives can be holes too. Um, I screen recorded that, and I was like, I know this is going to come in handy at some point. All of a sudden, Siaka's running for office, and it's like, oh, and then what did he end it with? Ish just got real. I'm not going to use the actual curse words, but um, yeah. So I saved that. I screen-recorded that video real fast. Still have that. Immediately put that out when he ran for office. I was like, oh, well, let's see who Siaka really is. And guess who ditched Major Williams? Because Anthony Torino became the popular candidate. And suddenly Siaka was all over Anthony Torino's coattails. So I don't know Siaka personally, but I believe that he's just an attention seeking, desperate nobody.
0: And if he's watching right now, he already screen recorded it. I hope he did. I don't care. <laughs> if he's watching, thank you for, for tuning in. So thank you for tuning in, Siaka. Um yeah. I, I You know, when he's when you showed me that video, it was that was even funnier because we both know the I mean, we've told people the result of majors uh, big tough lawsuit was that it got thrown out of court um, and his own lawyer dumped him like as soon as possible. Uh, This is all true. So if anybody says we're trying to defame Major Williams, uh, it's all public record. record. You can go see it. His uh, he his attorney subbed out like as soon as we filed our anti slot motion, which he promptly lost to, um, which is why he owes uh, you and Corinne and Lindy ten thousand uh, dollars, which we're still trying.
1: It's been almost a year. So that's true.
0: Right? That's true, and we've uh, we've been trying to collect for almost a year. Uh, he's been in contempt of court at this point, uh, but that's a whole different. City. We're not we're not going to get into that. So that became like one of our funniest things was kind of going back over that video when he said like, oh, it just got real. And it's like, uh, yeah, it got real for Major Williams, not for for everybody else. So um, we like to play that back. And that was one of our, that's our favorite saying to make fun of him. Um, Major loves taking L's even with his own attorney, says Carmen in the chat. Uh, Final thoughts on Siaka or anything else you want to say before we move on? Who do you want to move on to after this? Do you have any any conservative clowns you want to move on to? No.
1: You. No. You go ahead.
0: Um I mean I I'm trying to think of other ones we could pick. Yeah, we just talked about Major Williams. Um obviously Major Williams came with his own amount of distractions. Um there's There's so
1: much for him, but I don't know. I have to be careful, you know.
0: Yeah, we don't want to touch too much about Major Williams. We still still are in litigation, so we want to be careful that he's if he's watching, thank you for watching, Major. Um Hi, Major. Thank you. Hi, Major. Thanks for watching. That helps helps the algorithm for you for the more people that will be watching. Um I I'm trying to think of any other one. I mean, they're not all clowns, they're not all charlatans. I think the problem is conservatives sort of get wrapped up in this like there's plenty of also narcissists people who get like wrapped up in their own thinking and that like they're more self-important than they really are. And they Mm -hmm. become the story and that, that can be a real issue. Um, recently, uh, we've talked about this and I know maybe some people in the chat are not going to be fans of this. Uh, we feel like Tremino sort of got off the deep end a little bit, really kind of talking about himself. Like he did no wrong in the governor's race. Um, it becomes more about himself than actually the movement. And that's one thing that you got to like, give the left a lot of credit for is they, they just, they're always team left. It's always, what can we do to get more seats, to gain more power? We all fall in line. We're all very good at that. Conservatives are very good at like, they make it about themselves and they let their ego take, take, over. And then it just becomes, it's not about helping the cause or anything like that. It's more about it's me, me, me and all this stuff. Um, so I think that's, that's a downfall of conservatives too, is that they, they kind of just get caught up in their own, their own storyline and how self-important they are. What do you think?
1: Yes. Yes. And you know that I agree with you on that. Um, cause we talk about these things all the time, but we also, at least we like to think we have morals and standards. And so we do start picking up, like the left runs on issues and we run on issues, but we also run on the person. And so that's where we start picking it apart. They don't care who their person is, their person, you know, they just don't care. And they'll mm-hmm. run their, their person, it's like, okay, this is the issues and we need to, to win the seat. And then our, the left just gets behind that person and that person, it doesn't matter who that person is we have our issues and then the person gets up and then we're like, well, this person did this, 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 they're not good enough for us. And then we start like, then there's a whole, that's where we start our infighting is because we actually have morals and standards. And so then we pick apart the morals and standards of the person, you know, it's not just the issues. Did I yeah. make any sense? I feel like I just lost you.
0: No, I, I, I agree. I think people on the concert, on the right, always kind of look at the person cause they want to see like, that they're much more focused on they look past like policy and they'll be like, Oh, are you, are you a godly man? Are you a family man or, or woman, godly woman or God or family woman? Um, and that becomes like more important to the people on the right rather mm-hmm. than like, are they running a good campaign and can we get behind them? And that causes a lot of infighting as well as like, it's almost like, well, I like this candidate because of this issue or because he's more, or this social issue, not on this social issue. And what am I trying to say here? Oh, instead of saying like, what's your policy on energy in California? Like, instead of comparing those policies, they're more like, tell me more about whether he's a family man or she's a family woman or something like that. Or does he go to church every Sunday or something like that? People get like kind of caught up with that. And I'm like, uh, that's not really your job. Like if you have a better policy, I want to know the policy and I want to vote for the better policy, not just who the person is. Like I'm not run, you know, I'm not voting for like a new best friend or something like that. I want someone who's going to go in and get stuff done.
1: I want best friends. No, um, I'm totally guilty about like, and, And I'm trying to learn. And that's why I put out on Instagram last week or whatever when I had to come to the realization that I am not trying to replace Jesus with a politician. We're not going to find Jesus in a politician. And I think Mm -hmm. we do do that. I mean, we talked about that earlier, like the savior complex. We're always looking for you know, oh, this person said this. We love them now. And now we're totally behind them. And then we put them on the pedestal and then we're like, they need to run for office. Let's get behind them. And then we're like, oh, they had an affair 10 years ago and we were dumping that person. And uh like, yes, we want people with morals. Absolutely. But I know I'm definitely guilty of doing that with like, especially because I pride myself on vetting candidates where I'm just like, oh, no, I don't like that this is you know they did this and it, again we want moral people but we do pick apart we're not willing to forgive things like yeah. we need to see that they are actually a changed person that they're working on themselves and like are they actually qualified for the office they're running for but instead yes we are like well i saw them at church and they didn't even close their eyes when we prayed so they're probably not a real christian and they call themselves a christian but now i know that they're compromised we do that
0: yeah yeah and i uh as a good little Catholic boy, I have this app on my phone that has like, it has the gospel, like the daily gospel and like daily reflections. Um And one of the ones that just happened this past week was talking about how the daily reflection was all about how people are looking for like everybody to be their savior. You know, everyone's looking for that savior. And that's why people are looking to like bombastic individuals and, they want this person to come in and and save the world. They want like Trump to come in and save the country. They want, he, he didn't specifically say Trump, but he was just saying like politicians in general. And that becomes really a problem in our society is that everyone's looking for like that savior to come in and somehow cure everything in our society. And like, just all of a sudden get into office and like wave a magic wand and all the problems are gone. And like you're saying, I agree with it is that people are starting to look for a savior in in their, their politicians, which is scary because then people, and this was what was happening right after the whole Trump DeSantis thing is you started to see a lot of people who were diehard loyal to like Trump. They were like, I'm loyal to Trump till the end. You know, he's got my support. And I'm like, don't be loyal to politicians. Like they'll, turn on you they'll lie to you they'll they'll break your heart um and it i don't know just this savior complex that we have in society now is everybody's got to be a savior every politician that we vote for has got to be a savior they got to be perfect they got to be this this great hope it's like why don't we just elect the best politician for city council like doesn't have to be jesus christ incarnate like they're just running for city council they i'd like my streets to be clean i don't want my parking meters to be dirty Um, you know, simple things. I don't need Jesus Christ to walk on water here in San Diego. Like just do the simple things. Does that make sense?
1: That's what I'm saying. And like I said, I'm learning. I am. I'm totally guilty of not that I'm trying to elect Jesus because it's not an option, but I am guilty of the picking apart and being a part of the infighting that, you know, because they're not perfect people. But nobody's perfect, and again, it's just like who's best, who's the best candidate for the specific office, and I need to focus on that more because I'll let Jesus figure out the rest.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's funny we're we're like we're 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 talking about not picking on people, yet we're picking on people. But we're picking on people because we're trying to like educate people. (laughs) We're trying to educate people on like what to look for that are red flags. And we've been saying this. How long have we known each other through this whole like vetting? almost like two years now. I think it's been longer than that. I think almost two years. Yeah. And I I think our our whole thing is like, we just got to keep reminding people like this is, these are the red flags you have to look for. So keep an eye out for these things. Right. Um,
1: Right. Because we're not picking apart because we're trying to justify that we're not hypocrites. No, like we're, we're trying to say like, you're not a real candidate if you're using campaign money to go shopping at the grocery store and buy Instagram followers and then leave the state the next day. You're not a real candidate if you're not out there campaigning and Mm. just doing whatever you want and paying your fiance. Like that's, those aren't people that really want to save California. Those aren't people
0: that really want to save the country. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like preachers who, I, I mean, they just preach like prosperity gospel and all that, like, and all about materialism and superficiality. Like it'd be like the same thing, calling them out and saying like, are you really preaching the gospel or are you preaching? So you could make more money and get more clout. Um, right. Be skeptical. That a
1: whole other topic.
0: that's a whole other topic. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if this t- this podcast is ready for talking about yeah. prosperity gospel. The
1: church um, trying to. Yeah, well, you're trying sorry.
0: to you're trying to find a church, isn't that true? You're trying to find a church again.
1: I want to try to find a church again. <laughs> don't judge me. Stop. <laughs>
0: Next person. Uh, it's okay. As I, I think it's funny because again, as a Catholic, like I went to this one event and it was like all about prosperity gospel. And I was literally like squirming in my seat. Cause I was like, this is so weird that it, this is all they're like preaching and just follow us and follow our church. And if you join our church, look at how much money you'll make. Like you'll have all this money and like, look at how hot my wife is and stuff like that. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? This is this is a church. Anyway.
1: You stay here until I need to, no, I'm just kidding. I need a hot
0: <laughs> Well, if God, you join I, this,
1: I realize that this is like on the audio version. I am totally kidding. <laughs> I'm never invited back. <laughs> like I just got fired from this.
0: Fired. <laughs> Immediately fired. Um all right. So we got a couple minutes left. If anybody has any questions in the chat. Um the chat's been kinda of lighting up. Carmen is just going ham right now. Um do you want me to read everything she said?
1: I feel like yeah, I, I should open up YouTube or something, Carmen. Carmen text me.
0: Um uh, conservatives got so used to picking apart other conservatives in the recall that they thought it was okay to continue to do it in the general. They are different, very different. Yeah, I agree with that. True. It's a lot. True. Um just like when all the Republicans in 2015 tore each other apart in the primary debates. But once Trump became the nominee, they had to get behind our candidate and we won. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in primaries is everyone kind of breaks off into their own little tribal camps within the conservative movement. And it's like, I'm team John Kasich, I'm team Ted Cruz. Um, And then once we have a candidate,
1: we could have made this the importance of voting in primaries that that would have been,
0: We can save that for when there's actually primaries. We can be like, this is why you vote in primaries, just to remind everybody. Yeah. Uh, And then she says, it's fine to vie for your favorite candidate when there are many, but it's not fine when there is one option, get them in office, and then hold their feet to the fire as best we can. What do you think?
1: No, I agree. I agree with Carmen on that. Um, You know, we had... Our time was during the primaries, that's when we got to infight fight and pick everyone apart and get people out to vote. And then we had our top two candidates and. And then we were yeah. still infighting and it was like, well, that's not even an option anymore with this is our, our people. What are you going to do? Who,
0: this is who we're going to battle with.
1: There's you know, definitely no reason for not voting for someone. Don't you know, if you yeah. like. I've certainly done that before where I'm like, I am not willing to put my name behind these people, even though no one will know my name is behind these people. I will know.
0: Um, yeah. And I think there's definitely races that now looking at the results, uh, if we did a better job in the primary, getting better candidates, we probably would have flipped two or three more seats in the assembly and the legislature. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, one of them is a personal friend of mine, and I think if she was the candidate, rather than who was the candidate who lost, um, we probably would have a better chance in that diff- specific district. Mike McCann asked Phil, "What do you think is the most pressing thing for California conservatives moving forward? We definitely need to vet the milk toast candidates better. I suppose we need tougher state and local uh, GOP." Um. You gotta get. We gotta get a better platform, um, and Camille and I talk about that a lot because we are both working in the Calipublican pack, which we'll tell people more about in like a week or so. Um, Camille's very good at keeping me on task with Calipublican and making sure it's moving forward. Um, yeah, but platform yeah. is definitely the biggest thing. I think you can't. You're never going to win just being the contrarian candidate. And just being, and too much of the California GOP right now is just look at how bad the Democrats are, and look at how bad Gavin Newsom is, and look at how high your gas prices are. So give us money. That's not a winning strategy. A winning strategy is here's our platform, here's what we're going to offer. And here's how we're going to do it. And I just don't see Republicans doing a lot of that. Um, And that's the number one thing. I mean, it's got to be the pressing thing is there's got to be a better platform uh, that people can rally behind and say, this is what California Republicans believe in and go forward with that. So that's the most pressing thing. I hope I answered your question, Mike. He says, I'm disgusted by our party and the infighting. Uh, yeah, parties, a whole day. Di- we could probably do a whole episode on the party as well and sort of the establishment and the the favoritism going on there um, with Jessica Milan Patterson, in the third term, and all that stuff. So we'd have to get someone on who knows a lot more about the inner workings of that than you or I. Because I've only been. Find someone. I'm sure we know somebody who could probably be on. Um, All right. So it's been about an hour. Uh, Any final thoughts on conservative clowns, charlatans, and grifters episode?
1: I I think we covered it. We're good. We left a few names out. Probably good.
0: Yeah. Um, Moral of the story is uh, there's some, I, I mean, we talk about candidates here in California and those who bring a lot of distractions and don't really bring a lot to the table. Um, Kanye, his himself is technically trying to be a candidate and he's a big distraction. Um, but we got to get better at, at pushing the, the, the distractions aside and um, focusing on like I was just saying uh, to Mike's question, which is we got to focus on the important things, getting a better platform, organizing, uh, being active. What, what did I see today? I'm not a ballot harvester. I'm a mail-in voting activist. I was like, that's one in- interesting way to put it. We gotta get better at strategy. We gotta play the game better. Um, because focusing on whether or not you know Kanye loves Hitler is, is not helping anybody. It's not helping anybody here in California who's trying to make ends meet.
1: It helped, it helped Alex Jones make Alex Jones look
0: less crazy. It did. I didn't think you could make Alex Jones look less crazy. Kanye did it on his show, which is, which is pretty impressive. The guy who talks about gay frogs and lizard people was not the craziest person on his show that tonight or today or whenever they recorded this. Um, Mike McCann also said, we miss Joe Collins. There's enough on Joe Collins. Yeah there's a whole video I did on Joe Collins on my YouTube. If you want to go check it out.
1: All right.
0: So uh, with that, we're going to end the show for today. Uh, as always, uh, first off, thank you to Camille for coming on and chatting with me. Um, thank you. For having me.
1: That
0: was a lot of fun. At, like we, I mean, this is what we chat about all the time. So this is always fun to chat about. <laughs> about.
1: Anyway, we're, just like...
0: we're We're well-practiced yeah. at this point. Uh, so thank you for coming on as always, if you like this show, uh, the one thing I always request is that you text it to at least one person or share it with someone. It doesn't have to be a text. You can email telegram it, WhatsApp it, tell someone in a letter. I don't care. Uh, just tell them you should check out this, this podcast and make sure you subscribe, like, share, review all that stuff. And,
1: uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Hi. Hi.